third wheel. Third wheel. Welcome to the third wheel. With me, me, and you. Is this happening now? Are we it doing this now? now? We are doing this now. Oh, okay. I thought that you had to do an introduction or <laughs> oh, something. God, really I can. Not. I can do an introduction right now. Please do. And because of <laughs> what I do for a living, I can edit this for you. He says he's, <laughs> he won't edit it, but I will. Can we chop this bit out? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll make it. I'll give me a really baritone voice as well. Mm. Like, I'll do loads of cool the, stuff. The trick so. on, a, on a reality yeah. show is if you don't want the content that is being filmed to be used, you just say the producers' names over and over and over again because then they're like, we're going to have to cut this out now. Nice. Yeah, that's the trick. What about if I keep saying Sazok? Sa- yeah, Sazok. Well, or she'll- Sarah. Sarah. Just something that's just going to fuck yes. with people. Yes, Daniel. Yeah. I think that'll be a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. All right, I see your point. Don't be doing that. Um, speaking of Daniel, I'm here with Dan Larkin. <laughs> and Gets a laugh. <laughs> It's funny Isn't because it, it's your name and it's it not Daniel. Daniel Philip Larkin. <laughs> Pip Larkin, Daniel Pip Larkin. The poet. Yeah, he was my uncle. Yeah, okay. Did you not know that? No, I did not know yeah, that. And I don't it's know not who true. That is. Philip oh. Larkin, are you kidding me? Girl, call yourself a poet. Okay, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I haven't actually introduced Tristan yet. Oh, yeah. And Tristan Simpson. Thank you. Welcome. Um, what could I call this duo? Like... Uh, British film industry. Um, I, I would say British post-production powerhouse. <laughs> nice. I'd say, yeah. Here we go. Yeah, you nailed it. That's what I, yeah, that's that's definitely going to go in the blurb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, Dan works in sound design. We're Correct. Excited. Yeah. I do. Um, and Tristan is an online editor. Correct. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Sound design sounds better than online editor, I've realized. It does. Well, we we yeah. should have spoken about this before. And also, like, if I, when I meet people, I don't say I'm an online editor. I just say I'm an, well, I do actually, but I usually preface it as an editor. And then if they want more information, I say <laughs> you give them. Well, because nice. ed- yeah, people yeah. understand what editor is. In fact, yeah. I do something strange when I, I, I change my job title depending on who I'm talking to. Mm. You know, some people won't really understand what a sound designer is. Mm. So I'll be like, oh, I'm a sound mixer. And be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then, then if they want to know more, I'll go, look, I was lying. I'm actually a designer for sound. And then they'll be like, That sounds cool. It, yeah, but not to everybody. It's like a sound architect. <sighs> Ooh. Ooh, that, oh, I did actually, I have to admit, I did go to NAB, which is like the industry technical showcase mm. in Las Vegas that's held every year. And I went along and called myself a workflow architect. And it is. Nice. And in fact, you actually have that in in IT. You have systems architects, and it's the most. I bet you real architects are like, go fuck yourself, wanker. So I'm a it's sound like, architect. Yeah, you can say you're a sound. You architect. could be a word architect. Word. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, very good. What a word. <laughs> architect. It's got a nice sort of like rhythm to it. I architect. It has a good mouthfeel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. really satisfying to say it. Yeah. So, what is a sound designer then for for the listeners? that unknowing it's a good question i um i also depending on who i'm talking to change what the definition of a sound designer is <laughs> i remember you were yeah. surprised when i showed like genuine understanding when yeah. you said what know, your job it was, was. yeah like, and i was like yeah i'm a media studies teacher that's right like, oh mm. yeah yeah i wasn't just being i was it wasn't like mansplaining i was like <laughs> what you do uh, it was because i was saying some quite obscure words and you're like yep i know what that is and i just i just never get that you know it's, yeah it was really refreshing 
Um, <laughs> you knew she was a media studies teacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. Sound designer. Well, <laughs> it brings he. It brings the sound part of it to life. Oh. I mean, go on. I actually had a really good description of it. Please help okay. me out. Okay, so a, uh, the difference between sound mixing and sound design is uh, the best analogy I've ever heard is a sound mixer would, uh, if you see dog, you hear dog, right? Mm. Whereas a sound designer is see dog, fear dog. Right. So, so yeah, the idea is you are eliciting an emotional reaction by sequencing and manipulating sound and you know yeah that's great i can't really do better than that yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes you see things that when we when we have the picture i mean the, the trap that i fell into when i first started many moons ago was you you see what's you you'd make the sound for what's there but actually like what you said in is not as um poetic it was is you, you want to put the sound for what it needs. For example, a room of people, I can see that there's about 50 extras there, right? Uh, and I'll go, okay, I'll, I'll get the, the sound effects for 50 extras. But no, that's not what they, that's not what you want. You want it, the scene actually needs to be bigger. It happens to have 50 extras because of budget constraints, or whatever. But no, this, this needs, this is like, we want hundreds and hundreds of people in there. Mm. And, you know, it feels weird when you do it for the first time because you are manipulating, you know, you're playing with people. It's not there. Mm. But you can do so much and it, it, you, it completely pumps up a small budget thing by doing that. Mm. Which, of course, you can do visually as well. Yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's always a sort of dichotomy or sort of this tension between sound and picture. So, yeah, I don't well, like that. One, one thing I'll... Talk about it. so I'm more pictures. I'm the picture side, dance the sound side, which mm. is um, why I think we make a good good team. But one of the things that um, you with picture, there's a there's a very constrained amount that you can put on the screen. In that you have a you're limited by a certain number of colors and you're limited by a certain number of pixels. Whereas your only limitation in sound is really is like forty eight thousand samples a second. You know what I mean and there is so much more depth and texture to sound than there is to picture because essentially, I mean, most, let's face it, most film and TV and content, we live in a world now where we don't call it TV programs, we don't call them films, we call it content now. Mm. But you... Wow. Uh, can you hear the helicopter? Yeah. I think they're going for us. More sound design from yeah, me, actually. Yeah, that's the sound design, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. viewers to think, not viewers, listeners, to uh, think that we're in a... Well, we're not. And we're in a war zone, <laughs> That's actually. Right. Yeah, but um, yeah. So there's a, so picture is essentially very flat, whereas sound is has a much more a greater depth and texture, and and you can use that to create a lot more uh, um, interpretable material for the audience. Yeah, mm. and you can do yeah. it in picture. You know, you can do it with sort of off camera lighting and stuff like that. But really, there's you're very limited mm. in what pe people won't fill in the rest of the story from the picture. They will to a degree because they'll they'll interpret what's off camera. Mm. But that's that's entirely dependent upon how the actors are reacting or the mm. set design is is sort of the the ideas that the set design is creating in their head. Whereas sound, you can build an entire. 
mean, you could build an entire film, which is just a close-up of one person's face with a huge amount of sound design. Mm, if, and, yeah. you know, your, the audience interprets everything that's happening off screen. Mm. I mean, if you just look at our timelines, they're ridiculous. You, yeah. We've got like you know, hundreds and hundreds of tracks. Mm. Um, and when in your, what are you using? Flame? What, what I work you, on you? Autodesk Flame. Yeah. Autodesk Flame. So yeah, it's funny how, yeah, we work together, but I don't even know for sure what he uses. Pro Tools version eight? <clears throat> oh, no, 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 God, no, 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 no. 12? No, no. <laughs> I'm guessing on the version. It's the, it's the latest one now. Which is what, 14? It's like, it's Pro Tools Ultimate now. They don't uh, even call they, it that. They <laughs> still like it. It's just a, Pro yeah. Tools Ultimate 2021. Exactly, 2021. <laughs> Pro Tools Ultimate was 2021, yeah. And I recently updated and it's screwed a lot of things up. But <laughs> And yeah, we've got, you know, so much going on as and so many layers, whereas you've got a few layers. That I'm, sure, I'm sure you've got lots, actually. But... Yeah, we can really go to town, I guess, which is, you know, really quite, it can go wrong. You can just overdo it. Less is more sometimes. Sometimes it just needs one element, but, yeah. you know. Well, there's this fascinating story I heard of Walter Murch who mixed Apocalypse Now, which was that there's a scene, and it probably was that, you know, the scene on the beach, and he had all the different tracks. So he had the helicopters, he had the gunfire he had the sound of the waves he had the sound of the soldiers and he mixed it all together as a cacophony and it wasn't until he started pulling things back pulling things right. out that he suddenly discovered it worked and i think he concluded that there was basically th you could have three and a half sound elements yes i've had this so that if so and the music so if, if if you have guns uh helicopters and music and like waves is your half if you have dialogue come in you have to pull something back Mm. But that's fine because the audience has already heard that and the audience will insist that they still heard the helicopters when during the dialogue yes. scene, but the, di the helicopters were never there. Mm. Interesting. Same with feet as well. You, you could, <laughs> <laughs> the, the ears can only less is more. take less is more. <laughs> if, you're, if you're laying down the foley for a crowd of feet, the, the ears can't really take more than three people's feet. Mm. It's, it's mm. pointless. You know, it's, it's quite... Mm. Your ears do play tricks on you. Something that you said earlier, Dan, was that um, you didn't like what Tristan said about there being a tension between mm. pictures and sound. What was that Yeah, about? there's always been this thing. We've got to help each other out. We're, we're different. We, we're both obviously, I'm not talking about me and him, we, 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 we get on famously, but I think a lot of the handovers sometimes are like, oh, yeah, the, the, let the soundies take care of that, you know, and there's, there's this kind of, it, I've I've met a, there's a lot of mutual hatred between the two. I don't know if it's this kind of jealousy sometimes. You know, I know a lot of people. I sometimes get a bit jealous of visual people because uh, it's you know it's all day. You just you you, you want to be you 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 want to create something that you can see sometimes. You, and you come home from work and you're like, what did I do? Oh yeah, just nothing you can see. Yeah, they, I agree. And I, I mean, I was going to talk about this to a lesser degree, but you're probably right is that... You get the glory. Well, no, not just, no, but there's there's a huge amount of work that you do that people never consciously are aware of. Yeah, that's, and that's why uh, famously soundies are very grumpy people. <laughs> really. It's, oh, it's, Google it right now. I thought they were grumpiest. failed musicians. Well, that, we'll, get to, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, there's this thing. It's like... Um, this strange rivalry between between visual and sound people. Yeah, it's not. Uh, we we've never encountered that, but sometimes with handovers, people can be really selfish, and you're like, you can spend 
hours, days sometimes organizing these um, can you, projects. Can you explain what a handover is, Dan, for our audience? Yeah, so if the editor or offline editor, or well, you would never give anything to me directly, would you? My stuff all goes to you. Uh, so. Unless unless I'm yeah, unless i mm. doing some prep work or something like that. So if we get the edit in for, for the sound mix and the sound design, it's sometime, the, it'll come from the editor and it can be an absolute state sometimes. Um, coming from their software, whatever they've used, Avid usually, or Premiere. And I've, I've been known to spend hours sometimes just working out what's what and before I can even begin to start mixing. Um, it's a full-time job in itself. And I've been around editors who have, who have the mentality that, oh, it's not my problem. You know, I've been, you know, I've got friends who are editors and heard them say things like this. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll fix that in sound. Oh, Oh yeah, I can swear, kind of. We'd be like, "Oh fuck them!" Like, <laughs> just because I can swear. <laughs> what was that about um, Soundies being grumpy? Uh... <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's meant to be one of the Bitter. grumpiest professions. But I think, and as you were saying, I think a lot of failed musicians. Yeah, right. Uh, like some of my colleagues. Every, everyone, uh, every sound sound engi- every sound engineer me. I've ever met is <laughs> has is is a musician of sorts. You know what I mean? They, yes. They all play instruments. And they've got that mm. kind of mentality of like, oh, don't need to be here, you know? I don't need to be here. I'm just here because uh, I want to be. I mean, <laughs> I well, could I mean, be I'm in New Zealand headlining no one, Glastonbury yeah, if I want to be, I mean, but I'm not. I mean, I'm mixing this. I'm in New Zealand where no one can make a, any an income as a musician, so we all have to go into sound. Where can you make income Oh, as I had a this musician? long conversation with this musician uh, that I met at a bar, and he was like, I write jingles. And I'm like, yeah, of course, because <laughs> we all it, know I, that, like, his his creative mu- output, his music that he produces under his musician name or his band mm. name, will be heard in this country by thousands, whereas mm. his jingles will be heard by well, it's New yeah. Zealand, so hundreds of thousands, yeah. <laughs> potentially a million, potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is that was one of the sobering things coming from the UK, where like you work on a show and it got like five five six million viewers or something, and then you come here and you worked on a show that got like a hundred. You're lucky if you crack a hundred thousand. But it's nice though, because you'll like be walking down K Road and you'll see some of the actors that you'll you yeah, see. That's like, true, it's yeah. like, oh my god, yeah. I've just been working. Oh, and but you know, you don't get that in London as much. It's like it's so cool. Do you miss London for that reason? I can say I don't miss at all. I miss the food of Soho. The food of Soho. Yeah, have you do you know what? the food is so good. No. It's been I've been gone for so long, I don't really remember. <laughs> oh, it was <laughs> No, I, I mean, I, no, no. I mean, yes. What do you miss the camaraderie, the Friday nights after work on, at the pub? Oh, yeah, Soho is a fun place, but it was it was killing me. Like I was, yeah, it's not a healthy place because you True. you finish work yeah. on a Tuesday and you go drinking, yeah. and then you slag off everyone in in the industry, <laughs> <laughs> and they're standing right next to you. And um, no, I love working in New Zealand. though. it's so compact. Why did you come to New Zealand, Dan? Uh, it was like a midlife crisis type thing. Um, I'm not his midlife. Not yeah, no, no. <laughs> let's just clarify that it's not his age. I I was about to turn thirty, and I realised that I can still do a working holiday. And I was like, "Ooh, I can still go to Australia." So I went to Australia, and then I was like, "Ooh, I can." Just before I turned thirty-one, I just like I realised I could do New Zealand as well. It was like my second choice New Zealand you know <laughs> well because I knew I always wanted to see New Zealand because it was so tiny I thought I just I'll travel it and go home but no I, within like a week I was like completely smitten and the rest was history really I just um I love it it's my home now 
And um, to be fair, you've got a kind of wacky experience of New Zealand because you live on Waiheke. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like the dream. I always wanted to be kind of somewhere a bit remote and definitely by the sea, and but still working an industry where I can be around people. And I love the city as well. So I'm, mm. you know, I spend three and a half hours a day commuting. Um, but I get a lot of reading done and I love being out at sea. It's fun. I feel like it's an adventure, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's been great. <laughs> and I feel very blessed to be here. How much commuting did you do in London? Well, yeah, we say that we all did two hours. Yeah, that's in it. So everyone, I mean, the people I work with now are all like, what? You live in Waikiki? That's awesome. But how'd you do it? And I'm like, oh my God, I, I'd spend sometimes an hour stuck on the tube, you know, in, in, <laughs> stuck in someone's armpit for an hour yeah <laughs> uh, it's just yeah so don't you nothing. it's like a, there is a part of me that wishes i was in london during covid because i'd be like it must have been so much fun to ride the tube when it was completely empty but were you yeah i guess you were yeah. too because there was no workers, rules yeah. yeah yep that would be fun you could bring a skateboard on or something or are film some industry workers essential workers Yes. Broadcast workers are essential workers, oh. yeah, because people need TV. So there are a certain number of jobs that you could take back home. And, in fact, we had we had an interesting one, which is that all the soundies quite easily picked up and decamped back home. And they were all, most of them, because you're dealing with relatively small file sizes, they were all able to take a few drives home and mix then because they're all failed musicians. They've all got a nice, yeah, they've all got a nice set of speakers at uh, home. Yeah, old, old Waiheke Bob over here was yeah. like stuck in his little, actually, that's really nice. But it, it, I, I had no. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it yeah, just, it's a lie. It was it, beautiful. It, it, was lovely. it, made, me, it made me laugh <laughs> because they, you know, we spend tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars soundproofing suites and putting in floating floors and stuff so mm. they're physically separated from the ground so they don't vibrate and there's no ambient noise and then everyone just spent three months or two months mixing in their living rooms it was quite depressing actually thinking how much you can get done at home even as a soundie so i didn't have a proper setup i, I could do so much of the admin stuff and there is a lot of it as a soundie um but i i was working with headphones and I could do a lot with headphones, mm. but I, I came oh. into work. I, I came into the city maybe twice in level four. Well, that was exciting. That was like, whoa, like 20, 28 days later type, type thing. Mm. But yeah, I, I, I think the dream is to be able to work from home, have a little studio in my, you know, in my house one day. With a boat at the end of the... Yeah. 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 <laughs> What's it called? A pier? No. Yeah, a pier. And Jesse. Jesse, thank you. Mm. Yes, See, Jesse. <laughs> London boy. Yeah. Never really. You're like, what's that thing? What's that thing that goes to the water yeah. that's at the bottom of your garden that goes in the water? Yeah, like a jetty yeah. with your with your boat at the end and you can just go out and fish or yeah. surf, I guess. Well, you don't surf off a boat. You don't die. <laughs> you see, London boy. Grew up in the mean streets of Where South did you London. grow up then? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's, all Kiwis will know this. Keep calling me London boy. You're, you're more London than me. I grew up somewhere else. You, I was oh, born in London. Where what? did you grow oh, up? Oh, east of London. <laughs> oh, that's. It's, he grew up in Essex, which uh, anyone, yeah. they, anyone knows England, they'll know they'll know what that means. Oh, God. <laughs> grew up there. Yeah, I didn't actually. Yeah, I didn't abide by its rules. No, no I was quick to get out. There but are you, there are many great people from Essex. You, correct. Can you name some? 
Um, oh, isn't God. Bimini Bomboulash from Essex? Don't even know who that is. Don't know who that is either. Oh, very famous drag queen. Oh. Yeah. Robbed. She was robbed. Of? The crown. Yeah. In? RuPaul's Drag Race. Right, okay. <laughs> Does she talk like that? Oh, absolutely. Do you, know what, do you know what the funniest thing, this is This is the funniest thing, which is that you work, and Dan will know this, you work and you slave and you pour your love and heart into this really amazing series, drama series or something, and you're super proud of it, and no one watches it, and then you do a series of RuPaul's Drag Race, and you're like, this show's awful, and everybody watched it, and everybody talks about it all the time, and you're like, why do people watch the worst fucking thing? Wow, that's why reality people... TV. No, yeah. yeah, exactly, and I, I'm not... I, I think am it's not, badass, I am not bad-mouthing RuPaul's Drag Race, because I believe it is one of the better ones. It but is there definitely is, one There of are a few ones. reality shows that I've watched, uh, worked on that I have been ashamed to have my name on yeah. and then people will talk to me about it and in fact the weirdest ones it turned up on netflix and everyone in the my family in the uk were watching it and i was like this is ridiculous like why can they not see some of the shows that i'm really proud of see yeah. this is this is quite interesting actually and if you don't mind me saying this tristan like me and tristan don't actually like television that no, much no <laughs> i mean it's like a uh it's like a chef you know, you don't yeah, come home and think, I analogy. cannot wait to cook some food. <laughs> I don't come home and think, bloody hell, what a long day. I'm going to collapse in front of the TV. I've never really enjoyed I do. Every now and then a great show comes on and like, like Chernobyl or, yeah. you know, I'm watching The Crown at the moment. It's amazing. Mm. But that's quite rare. Maybe once a year I get really into something. I don't watch normal television. The shows we work on are great. Really, really good shows. I just don't really get much from them. I love it as an art form. I love... I love is, what I do so is, much, but is that it is, because it's, you've seen it in a different light? Because you've you've no. watched it. You say I don't watch it, but of course you've watched it. You've watched the episode yeah. down, and you've mixed it, of or you've done something on it, and, and I respect it. And I, you know, it's not that I I don't enjoy it. I just have no urge to then go home. And it, it maybe is because it's like being a chef that I don't. I'm I'm I do it so much, but for, for years now. I mean, I guess I've been in this profession for. Over a decade, so maybe it is. Maybe it coincides with that. I just haven't really realized it. But I don't get excited about television shows. Uh, I don't own a Netflix account. No, <laughs> you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to. My, yeah, I had to look I've, out of my got, ex-girlfriend's Netflix account. Or, or just good friends who, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he was like I, right I was like, oh, I, I can't watch Netflix. I had to log out of my. Well, I can't watch this show that everyone's telling me I should watch on Netflix. Uh, I had to log out of my ex's. Uh, account was it Disney Plus? Yeah, and and he was Dan was like, I can lend you Cyrus. I'll tell you Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> so if you suddenly Sorry, find some that. weird things on your queue, then I apologize. Yeah, no, RuPaul's Drag Race. It's busted. Yeah, I mean it's already on there. Sorry. So if you do watch RuPaul's on my Netflix, it's fine. I'll find it quickly. <laughs> but I, I love it as an art form. It's just it. I don't. Um, I guess I don't spend much of my time doing it. And maybe it is because, of, yeah. How, you, you don't watch. I'm, no, I'm I don't right watch on, TV. I'm not just speaking The only for times you, I yeah. ever watch television is when I'm with somebody else. And it's mm. like as a. Yeah, it's a nice thing to do. Mm. Yeah. And you, you know, we'll this, do it this remotely course. with someone else as well. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's <said> season three. <laughs> Let's go. It's coming up soon. Yeah. yeah. But we don't have, like, so we've lost. We've lost the water cooler talk. Like the only things that people watch at the same time anymore is like, so Bachelor or, you know, whatever. There's that big show. Yeah. Sports, 
and but nobody and you know the the occasional marquee drama like Stranger Things just dropped and everyone's yeah. like watched it over the weekend and talking about it. Yeah. But that is the it's not that shared collective experience anymore yeah. that it, it once was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we consume it so. But so but on the other hand, then you I guess the conversation has turned into Netflix recommendations, which is that everybody talks about. Oh, I'm watching this great show. It's this. You should watch it. That's what. Rather than did you see that episode? And the yeah. standard must be much higher in terms of Netflix recommendations. Then, <sighs> like if you're having water cooler talk, the standard that you have. Like I'm thinking about yeah other workplaces. You get Netflix recommendations, and you're like, oh, are you saying specific to post production or film film and people who work in film and TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're very snooty about other people's work. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> Yeah, it's no, hard of course. To, and of did course, you see like, the thing that like, they produced? For, yes. I, I went to see, I saw um, A Quiet Place recently. Oh, yeah. And I really you mean want, the second one? Well, I saw both of them because oh. I hadn't seen the first one because oh, I went okay, a really yeah. long time without watching any films. Yeah. Um, or a lot, and, and so I saw the first one and the second one within a space of a couple of days of each other. And I remember thinking, God, I really want to have a conversation with a soundie about this because Ooh, yeah. I have never come across something so completely absent of sound. Mm. And it was like, it was quite interesting that mm. um, it's like having a conversation with a colorist after they broadcast the episode of Game of Thrones that was so dark that no one could see anything. You know, it's like <laughs> I need to talk to someone who knows about this to get their opinion on it. Right. And it mm. does it was a soundy was like, did it drive them crazy or were they like, this is fascinating what they've mm. done here? It was so. Mm. I mean, it was. I I felt personally it was in overly absent of sound, and I understand why. Yeah. but it is like I found the first 20 minutes of the first one quite boring because yeah. there was very little to go on is it lacking dialogue have you seen them no it's no. lacking any sound it's horror isn't it yeah, yeah it's a, the it's, monster yeah, it's a, the monster yeah. hears people right. like if, if they don't make any sound then they can't sense that there's humans around oh that sounds so everyone good. has to be quiet so so literally they they are everyone's creeping around in the first 20 minutes of the film right so it's totally intentional then for it to be yeah, lacking. Yeah, completely. It's not yeah. just a silent, bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's telling, the, it's telling that story, but it's just, and as we talked about before, sound is so evocative and builds such a texture to have something that rode entirely on the pictures and had n- no, no sound texture at all. Mm. It was, there was a certain dissonance to it. Like, mm. yeah. Oh, great. It's not, mm. it's great. It's a great movie. I thought they were great. Really enjoyed mm. them. But I did find them. And then we have, it made me laugh because in TV broadcasting, they recently, not recently, five, six years ago, seven years ago, eight years ago, they introduced some laws which that your television content had to be mixed to a certain level yeah. because you, you know about this, right? I, I kind of know about it because um, my partner worked um, at TVNZ for yeah, a while. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, because w- what happened was originally the only limit was the maximum volume you could go to. 6 ppm, wasn't it? Yeah, 6 ppm. Or, yeah, minus 10 dB, as some of us digital people like to call it. All right. Um, But you... So so what that meant was when you had the commercials, you just mixed it to sit on minus 10 dB, so it was as loud as it It possibly could be. It was horrific, yeah. So you'd have these, you know... yeah, your, your show would finish. A nice, a yeah. fairly dynamic show would finish and then, uh, or ad break, and then it'd be like... And you'd be definitely you'd have to always have to turn it yeah. down because you could get away with that. With, now it does still sound like that. It does deceive you, but it's it's legal because it's a it's um they can still do the integrated uh, loudness well, and you can still push it pretty, they prob- pretty big. probably can, but I mean it's now measured 
it's now measured it's now uh, measured as perceived loudness over a period of time so mm. you can have loud moments you can have quiet moments they do it with music as well you know you yeah. know about um it's called audio wars a famous oh, yeah. one is californication by the red hot chili peppers if you ever listen to that against any other most other songs trust me it's it's famously it was really slated uh, when it was released being overly loud completely rick rubin went to town it's and if you look at the waveforms yeah, yeah, they're like, like slugs a, yeah because it's there's no dynamic range because yeah. they wanted it to come on the jukebox and be louder than everything else mm. but it's it was the same in television so you've got ebu r128 now which is yeah there's nothing i like more than ebu 128 you love it yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the European the, the, Broadcast the, Union. The, um, so yes, so so, but it actually states as part of the spec. You know, obviously, you, you nothing can be too loud, but in the by the same vein, nothing can be too quiet. So you cannot have moments of we well, can have moments of silence, but they have to be absolute silence because silence isn't measured. But you can't have quiet moments. There has oh. to be a certain amount of audio, um, wow. and that's why. Yeah, so that film made me slightly mad. Is that with my TV hat on because I'm like. This doesn't. This doesn't. Really? This doesn't yeah. match. <laughs> this isn't legal by EBU one two eight standards. This film is illegal. <laughs> yeah, you do that. You you find yourself really critiquing everything you watch as well. Oh, that's the worst thing about. Watching. I don't enjoy. It. Oh, that's another reason yeah. why I might not enjoy watching movies and television shows as much is because you 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 you're, you're thinking about yeah. the wrong things. You're not actually getting immersed in the storyline. And, and yeah, you know, you're like, oh god, that sounded shit. And all that, you know. Mm. that you're probably thinking oh i'm not sure how i feel about that luminance yeah or no it's like mm -hmm. there's why, why was that decision made with that visual effect mm. or um like it, people find it really frustrating when i find it very frustrating people find it non-film people non-film tv people find can be very frustrated watching film with me because i'm like um you know because you're picking through everything and mm. you're explaining you know that's not real that's not actually there or i mean there was a great example of I was watching a commercial or something which was filmed as though it was a, they were surprising people on the street. And I'm like, well, that's, it's clearly all a setup because you don't, you can't turn up with a film crew and just film wherever you want. You have to apply for <laughs> permits and yeah. you know, all this stuff. You have to get, you have to get people to sign releases and stuff. Yeah. So in fact, most likely they're all extras in the first place. And yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. You lose, so there's, you there's lose the no, magic. Nothing, nothing happens by accident on, in a, in a reality TV show. Mm. There is, there is a, you know, the classic one is the a reality TV show, like they turn, like a dating show or something, they turn up somewhere to have dinner. Well, look, there's been a film crew there for an hour beforehand and yeah. everyone set up the lighting and there's nothing, there's no spontaneity, basically. Everything yeah. is very planned out. Um, so there's, yeah. But we're going off on a very tangent about how no. superficial <laughs> and artificial <laughs> film and TV is. Well, reality no, TV it. specifically. Reality TV does make me slightly mad because oh, I can't it's enjoy so it. contrived. It's Completely, so very yeah. Contrived. I can't enjoy it. I, I can't in, I can't enjoy it because I know how, how phony it is. It's all, they, the producer like, oh, say this, that'd be really funny. And because they're, they're so fame hungry, they'll say whatever. Mm. You know, they'll be like, oh yeah, that is quite funny. Oh, yeah. Make yeah. a complete tit of yourself. Yeah. Viewers will love it. Really? I'll be a celebrity? Oh yeah, yeah. I think, um, just thinking about the artificial nature of film and television though, um, with the post-production house that you work for, I think I imagine that a lot of the stuff that you get has a fair bit of budget attached to it. Like you're not doing a lot of like yeah, very so, low budget things. So we work on predominantly like the higher budget, yeah. some of the highest budget New Zealand drama. 
yeah. high-end New Zealand drama. Yeah. We also work on feature films, New Zealand feature films. Yeah. And we do a, a little bit of international uh, yeah. broadcast and international TV programs that yeah. are shot here. Yeah. Um, we do, I mean, you're a facility, you're sorry, you're a house and, you know, you've got to pay staff and so you will take work and we have, yeah. we do have a couple of reality shows. I was working on a reality show today, which is just like mine, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, we're not allowed, are we allowed to say? Maybe say what it's about. Well, no, no, I'm not going to talk okay. about it. I, I kind of didn't finish my, my question so. though because um, I, I think that's the beauty of lower budget things is that sometimes there are happy little accidents or like mm -hmm. things that aren't as intentional that end up being quite beautiful. Like you kind of have to make things work and then you do and, and it's yeah. lovely. I don't know. Do you sort of, do you sort of miss that from your work? Well, no, we still work on short films. So obviously short films yeah. are a, 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 a training ground for yeah. up and coming writers, directors. It's like a showcase of their yeah. talents, isn't it? And you will get some really fabulous, extraordinary work that everyone has poured their heart into. Mm. One came in last week and it was, it was a 90k budget. You know, it looked amazing. It was a 10 minute film and I was yarning with a director and he was like, I asked him how much it cost, 90k for, for, and I was like, wow, just for a showcase, yeah, just to showcase your talents. That's mm -hmm. all. No, you know, you don't watch, you don't, it's not short films, you don't sit and watch and enjoy it. Yeah, you know? like, it's not like, I'm gonna, oh, let's all sit down and watch this short film. It's purely as a kind of showreel of, of mm. you know, it's, and I, I was, I'm not knocking short films. I think they're beautiful things. Mm. I love working on them actually. But um, yeah, amount of money that goes into some of them is yeah. mm. surprising. We've, I mean, we've, we've had some features through the building that cost that much. Yeah. Exactly, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. I know that you used to work on short films for fun. Dan. I did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a real passion of mine. It was something I used to do pro bono in my spare time and I love that word <laughs> uh, no, it's a lovely word isn't it should have stuck that in a haiku oh, pro bono it's free free we'll beautiful syllables <laughs> but yes um and it would be great because you'd meet some lovely people through it or i'd often do it with creative friends as well and it's just a real social thing you know at the weekend you go out and shoot and yeah love it and i will continue to do that for the rest of my life i think um I would like to make, like, I'd like to direct one myself one day, mm. but I feel like I've got writer's block at the moment. So, sorry, mm. if you've got any ideas, please. All right. um, we'll brainstorm. Yeah. Tristan, any ideas? Uh, imagine... Someone was telling me about Odin's Curse uh, yesterday, which is a, uh, it's a, uh, I can't remember what it is. It's congenital, but you can have it. Um, occur due to, through brain injury or a stroke which is oh. a, it's, it's a form of sleep apnea where your your body forgets to breathe essentially when you're falling uh, when you're sleeping no so you're in danger of dying whenever you sleep not like sleep paralysis no but it, it no i mean i'm sure it is effect is a result of the same portion of your brain but basically it's congenital and um it usually manifests well will manifest when you're a baby mm. so you'll either die as a baby or your parents will have to keep you on a respirator for the rest of you for the rest of your life mm. you'll basically always have to be on a respirator mm. when you sleep mm. um and now the idea of a child having it there's nothing humorous about that but i was thinking about this sort of a psychological thriller based around a adult who has it i can't remember the word is i wish i could acquired that's the one nice. who has acquired chs which is uh 
they can never fall asleep, so they have to stay awake at all times. Oh, great. Yeah. It's a little bit like the Jason Statham films, isn't it? Like oh, well, Crank, Crank, yeah. Okay. You know, or in the, I think the sequel, he had to be like electrocuted to keep his heart alive. The oh, yeah, yeah. The first one, he's got That's a bomb right. in his heart yeah. and he can't go, so That's he has to right. keep his heart rate up. Yeah. So it's a bit like that. He has to stay awake. Yeah. But there's drugs to make you do that, right? Yeah, or something like that. And it's just... That's but awesome. One, is, one imagines you'll be a descent into madness. Sorry to belittle it like that. Oh, it's a bit like a Jason Statham movie. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. Well, those what movies, a compliment. Those I apologize. A ton no. of money. And yeah, they did. Well, they it's make, not all know. about dollars and cents to us, is it? But um, yeah, there you go. So <laughs> he's that like, like he's, well, subject. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we did yeah, you well. guys can't see this, but he's. Oh, no, you'll see it in the photos. He's wearing a suit, a three piece suit. No. No, I didn't wear the two piece. Tristan wears a suit to work every day, and it's. It's definitely worth talking about at some point um, before, before why don't we wrap we talk, up today. Why don't we talk about it right now? Sorry for the segue away from your lovely film. There's a film funny idea. answer and a we were, serious answer. We were always going to talk about it at some point. So let's um, let's go with, with the funny, funny answer. answer first. Yeah, I had a uh, in 2019. I had a suit buying addiction, or I couldn't stop myself <laughs> buying suits. Um, and then I ended up with so many suits. I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to wear these. So now I just. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wear them to, to work and stuff. But there were so many, I couldn't help it. There were a lot of really lovely suits. And I keep um, encouraging, well, he's, he's looking great now. I, I was encouraging him to, you know, to go to a gym um, when I first met him. <laughs> and he started and he looks good. But he's, he was terrified of growing out of his suits. Yeah, it's like, what I a can't... colossal waste of money that would be. Yeah. So he's like, I can't get this big, Dan. I'm like, and I'm showing him photos. You got to do this. You got to, like, <laughs> got to, yeah. Well, oh you God. still look fantastic in your Thank suits. You. Yeah, it's Thank very, you. very opulent, and it's nice to have it around the office. What's the serious answer then? Yeah, go on. Oh, Do I need a, a drink as for a, this? As a child, I used to catch the tube every day to school, and I used to see these. Uh, so this is in London, and mm. obviously all the guys would be on the tube going to the city of London, and they'd be dressed so well in suits. And I remember thinking, as a kid, I don't, I don't give a shit what I do as a career. I just want to wear a suit every single day i think that's incredibly wholesome that's yeah nice. and yeah. so when i hit 40 and i was like going through my midlife crisis and not moving to <laughs> to the other side of the world that's i was like midlife. i was like maybe i midlife. will wear a suit instead and you know it's it's amazing what it does to the soul wearing it wearing good clothes every day i mean because mm. we, we work in an industry where you can wear whatever you want you can go and wearing shorts flip-flops uh, or jandals, yeah. you call them, sorry. Mm -hmm. no, I, I would, forget I'm in New Zealand. If I owned a company and someone came into work in shorts and jandals, yeah. I'd be all like, agreed. You should go home and think about what agreed. you've done. And, <laughs> but it's easy sometimes to get caught up in that because you're like, you're like, oh, I can get away with this. And mm. you go, but you just don't yeah. feel no, I'm, confident. I, I chose... Your work isn't as good either. You, I think it was actually um, Neil Finn who says it, one of his rituals when he goes into a studio and well, when he, when he writes songs, he gets up, he... He makes sure he wears like really nice clothes. He clean shaves. Like he doesn't, he never like, you think artists are, oh, they're all scruffy. They're all, you know, they don't brush their hair or anything. But like, I think there's a lot to be said about looking and feeling good. Mm. We're, we're, even if you're like, I'm sometimes on my own for days on end in that dark studio. No one's going to see me, but put on some nice shoes and a nice shirt and you just, you, you just, you're more productive. Mm. And I think Tristan clocked onto that. A long time ago, and uh, yeah, you can see it in his work. You know, mm. <laughs> you can well, literally see. Yeah, it. I guess. I guess that I. Yeah, I come in with a sort of a mindset, a slightly more focused, professionalized mindset. 
because um, we work in the most casual of industries. Mm, like mm. that's why I, ch I chose the wrong industry. If I wanted, it. I could have been, I could have done anything else. Isn't that and funny? It a Walking up Queen Street, everyone thinks, "Look at that! He's definitely a banker. He's definitely mm. a, like <laughs> barrister." Yeah, uh, yeah. How did you get into the industry? Oh, Dan's going. Oh, no, just go. Go, go, go to the bathroom then. Right. Go, go. No, you're going to ask me a question. All right, you asked me. I was going to say, well, since we were talking about what got us into the industry, yeah. what got you, why did you end up in sound? Well, funnily enough, I, I don't like the word failed musician because I, because <laughs> <laughs> I never tried, so I'm not uh, failed. Was it like a musician who put that side of his career on pause? No, it's, <laughs> in the, in, the, in London, in central London, all waiters are failed actors, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. the same, I'm sure, the same as in LA, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yes. As the joke is, if you ever meet an actor, you say, the question is, well, when struggling. someone introduces themselves as an actor and you're like, oh, what restaurant? Mm. Oh, right. <laughs> but they're more struggling actors, but they're still, they're still trying. I think a lot of sound engineers are often, they've, they've given it a go and it's just not worked out. And that's how they've ended up here. Because I guess there's more, well, there's more consistent money. Well, no, because it's the same as any kind of art versus commercial version. So you'll have like a, you know, a, a, there's, artist is very hard. The 0.1% will make a significant amount of money. 1% will make enough that they can live on and the rest of the 99% will toil mm. um, or survive or have a rich benefactor or a sugar mummy or whatever it mm. is, you know. Mm. Um, and so you, a lot of people go into the sort of commercial and all the sound is going to hate me when I say this, but mm. you go into the commercial venture equivalent of that which is if you're a musician it's sound related and what sound is you know mixing commercials or writing jingles for commercials mm. or mm. a lot of i mean it'd be interesting to have a conversation with a film scorer someone who writes film scores mm. because there are a lot of people who write film scores because we have obviously a lot of scorers come in what's the official term scorer film scorer composer composer a lot of film composers come in thank you sorry <laughs> I, was, I was like please just say Tristan. a lot of film yeah. composers come in and they're like you will google them and they were legitimate musicians mm. um in well-known new zealand acts but they're probably making easily the best money like mm. yeah yeah but it wasn't i i, I it wasn't necessary i didn't want to always be on stage I mean, it's a God, I'd love to be on stage and people sing along with my songs and stuff. It's, it's still a fantasy. But I, I realized quite young that I didn't want to do that for a living. And I actually, my stepbrother was in a semi-successful band um, when you could still earn a bit of money in music. What and it, they were called In Me. No, they were know. a rock band. They were around they were about 20 years ago. They had that, no, maybe 17 years ago. They had their real moment. And I just watched it. They were, they were pretty big in their, in their area for a little while. And then I saw it all go, a little, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. I'm not sure if I want, I want to get, go, go to those heights and then go, you know, to nothing. I don't want to, mm. I, I just That's don't think curious. I could. Mm. And, and I'm sure, and I'm, this is years, a few years ago when I wasn't, I don't think my mental health would have taken that sort of rejection. So I wanted to sort of in, enjoy it as a hobby and enjoy it in different as, as broadly as I could, music and sound. It's just something I've always loved. I, 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 I have musical Tourette's. I've always got sounds and music in my ear, in my head. And, I, and I've, I've always had it since I was a kid. And it's like, that's why it's the perfect job for me because I'm just making sounds for a living. It's mm -hmm. so much fun. Um, and yeah, so I, I knew quite early on that I wanted to get paid to, 
so makes I mean Winston Churchill said if you find a job you love you never have to work again and I felt like that for yeah. for a big chunk of my life now yeah. I mean Soho was brutal like, there was times when I was like I've made the wrong choice but that was just the people I was working with at that time I couldn't the pressure in London is insane I mean, yeah it's one of the reasons why I left yeah it's very different here much nicer um, you're trying to sneakily get away, but I'm going to make it really obvious yeah. that Dan's just oh, he's lifted going in the bathroom. to take a pee. Yeah, he's been holding it in. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Tristan? How did you get? I don't know your story at all. Wait. Well, why don't? Do you want to ask me about what I do first? What an online editor yeah, does? Yeah, we didn't really get a chance. No, because Dan about Dan it. just talked about sound. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> an online. So there's two types of editors in in film and TV, which is there's an offline editor and an online editor. Now, the distinction between them is slowly evaporating um, because we, because of the power of computers and the amount of storage you can hold. But essentially the old, the old way it went was an offline editor cuts, is the, the creative editor who cuts, um, cuts the content and weaves a narrative and tells the story. Yeah. And they will generally work with lower res media mm. for storage reasons, right? Mm. Uh, and that's why it's called offline because they worked with what was called offline resolution. Yeah. Uh, when it finishes, so an offline editor will sometimes be working in our building or sometimes they'll be working at a, another facility or sometimes they'll be working at home or sometimes they'll be working um, at the production studio. Mm. So like, or even sometimes on you know in a room at the film studio you know mm. the where yeah. the film is being shot yeah. um when the when they have what's called lock which is the um, i'll use the example of let's say i'll use the example of a film when the film is locked which is that it it is complete the story is you know this everyone has approved it the story the story is the narrative has been told mm. the um but it's all in a very sort of it's not uh, the cut is there, but it's uh, it's not. It doesn't look polished, right? Yeah. So they are yeah. working with low res media. The sound mix is very messy. Yeah. There's no visual effects, or there's only temp visual effects, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And they will lock it, and then they will do this thing, which Dan referred to, which is handover, which is they will deliver it to us, mm. and we will reconstruct it at the with the full res beautiful media. Yeah. And then we will go off into the separate departments. So uh, you, the sound portion will go to the sound department that will start doing sound design, sound mixing, Foley record. Foley is um, the recording of the recording of sounds because obviously on set you're not getting all the best sounds mm. because everyone's moving quickly. So, you know, the feet touching things, you know, like stuff slamming, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Sound effects are laid in, all that kind of stuff. Music, yeah. the composer starts working on the score. Yeah. Um, and then on the picture side, we will, it will go for color grade, which is not a lot of people know about. And you can variously describe color grading as like Instagram filters on video, which is a terrible way to put it. But mm. do you know what I mean? You mm. are manipulating the color and the, to, to give meaning. So, you know, you're giving warmth to this scene. You're making this scene particularly cold. You're, you're exaggerating this portion of the image. Yeah. Um, and color grading is another really fascinating, very visual um, subject. Also, it's going to, you know, also we'll go, parts will go to the visual effects artists who will start working on the visual effects or they may have been working on them all along. Mm. Um, and then 
it all comes back to the online editor who is essentially the finishing artist, who's mm. the last person in the in the stage. And they kind of, to a degree, run the visual side of the post, which is that they are the sort of the central point for the color gray, the visual effects. Mm. They will present them with the assets that they need. And when it's finished, it will come back to the online editor and they will construct it all together. The sound mix will come back from the the mixer and you'll put it all together and then you will do whatever additional work that's required so that's might be tidy ups you're gonna there's gonna be a certain amount of paint work to fix things there's a lot of so we'll work on a tv series that's set in the 80s so we spend a huge amount of time painting out satellite dishes that are you know on yeah. on you know when they that they were on uh you know they were there being shot um, and, you know, beauty work. So there's a lot of, you know, painting up pimples and making everyone's skin look immaculate. Mm. And uh, we're working on a series where there's a lot of work on the lead actress to make her look a bit younger, you know, all that kind of wow. stuff. Yeah, it's a bit sad that oh, one. Oh, dear. Um, and so so there's that's all sort of part of the online process, which is essentially it's like, I mean, there's a, to agree, it's like you're doing a, a, a sort of this gloss pass almost, mm. you know, making everything absolutely perfect. Um but you have this sort of visibility over all the other areas. And it's quite nice because, and there's one of the things we talk about, one of the nice things about working in facility is that it is quite collaborative. Like, so there are sound studios where they just mix sound and then they send us the final mix and then mm. we, um, but the facility we work in, we have sound team, we have a color team, we have a visual effects team, mm. we have a, um, all of these different teams. And so that we're all physically in the same building, which is really nice. It's lovely, because, isn't it? Just yeah. being able to pop in and-, and yeah you know, talk to you in person rather than, you know, playing email tennis. Yeah. It's it's really great. Just, yeah, and you, know, you can step into the room and see how it's sounding in comparison to these final pictures. Yeah, come it's down really and sort important of to do, I think. Talk to you about where I've got issues, you know. Um, and then an online editor also does things like, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's a graphics and stuff that's going on top of it. So if you're doing a commercial, you'll have all like all these kind of complex graphics or, you know, there'll be a graph, you know, whether there's a complex graphical part of the production or a TV show. Um, yeah. And so you're, and certainly with graphics, you're sort of trying to ascertain what it is that these graphics are trying to express or how they best fit in with the, the subject matter. So you know, there's really simple things like I did a TV show which had a which was slightly science fictiony and it had a very specific feel to it. So it was about trying to work out how to get any text that turns up in the program to fit in with that mm -hmm. sort of feeling and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Well, um, and that's what an online is does. It took me years to work out what online. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've dated girls for years who still, after you know, when we broke up, still couldn't tell me what I did, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> but and for then, people who don't really understand the process, it is a bit baffling, isn't yeah, it? It's you, a bit baffling. I mean, even like people like my mum, she doesn't understand. I mean, bless her, like uh, she, 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 she knows so much. So I'm passionate about it, but she's. I think she just doesn't understand that things need to be mixed. I think you you assume that you, you shoot it and you edit it and that's it it's done you don't mm. and it's i mean sounds 50 percent of it you know mm. and it's hard trying to explain that to people without trying you know i obviously sound biased but yeah so i and i but there's i was naive with online editing i just i did just think the offline was that was it, it was it's it, edited it's done. Mm. it's done i get i know there's visual effects that's a different thing but mm. 
No, there's, yeah, there's, but there's, it's, it's, and it, you know, and it's the same thing we, you know, I mentioned before with dance thing is that you will do a huge amount of work. So visual effects, you know, there will be visual effects where you're compositing a 3D monster into the image and everyone knows that's a visual effect, but there's a huge number of visual effects. And in online, you will end up doing quite a lot of visual effects yourself, depending on the level of the project. Mm -hmm. You might be, like I said, be doing cleanups and tidy ups and paint outs and wire removals or whatever um, on the simplest level. And, uh, you know, when things get more complicated, you have visual effects artists. Um, on a commercial, you'll be doing a lot of it yourself. Um, what was my point? Told you I'd lose my channel. <laughs> oh, you went. It was you that went down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I um, thought it would be me. Yes, I, I mean that's why I've remained quiet, just so I don't go off on a tangent. Can we roll the recording back and remember <laughs> what I was talking about? Um, we're just talking about people understanding what. Yeah, you're so doing. that's it. Yeah. So the huge amount of what you do in online, no one will ever notice. Yeah, and you're just making it as perfect as humanly possible. Mm. Um, we're like we're both the unsung heroes, then, yeah. aren't we? Well, definitely. Mm. I would, I would we haven't got chips on our shoulders, else. though. <laughs> much <laughs> mm. um and back to my previous question how did you ah. get into it so a little bit like dan i always loved film and tv yeah. like i always had a massive thing film and tv and as a teenager i just watched tons and tons of movies and stuff and then through university i spent more time watching tv than i ever did spent you study studying film and television i did i do do yeah. film and tv yeah. yeah uni which was to be honest a bit of a waste of three years yeah I it was i should have just worked, worked know, three years honestly i don't know anyone the, who it, it does it do it's like oh yeah that was great for my career they never the look, real benefit it's was all about networking one, and yeah one and, of kissing ass really and, and in those getting, first and years getting real it? world experience yeah, yeah one of the the first jobs i got and really the job that really set me up and gave me the most experience at the very beginning i only got they only looked at my cv because i had a degree oh. the, the, oh. there because of course in you put an ad in what was it broadcast or whatever that industry newsletter was anyway so you put an ad in oh yeah yeah, broadcast it was, it was magazine, broadcast yeah magazine. for for a runner and the first thing, and they would get like 150 CVs. And mm. the first thing they would do to cull them was just throw out every single one that didn't have a degree. So I would have never have. And the, the second thing that got me that job was that my brother had played doctors and nurses with the facilities manager yeah. when they were kids. And she was, she <laughs> yeah. remembered my name and called me for the interview. And that's the sad, sad truth of it. Is no, I've unfortunately, this whole industry revolves, and actually, it's quite sad, revolves around who you know and who my first job was through yeah, my dad totally oh, yeah. um and one of the massive problems that we have with post-production specifically is it's an incredibly white industry yeah. it is massively white mm -hmm. and it that's unfortunately uh, uh the barrier for entry is that like we said it's very hard to break into it unless you know someone or you've got a you've got a connection and yeah if, you, and if certainly you're not the, if you're the not pay white, is so low to start off with you have to have oh yeah come yeah. from yeah in months some money yeah. i mean yeah, it's, it's like it's like any of those jobs that have runners in, are on barely minute you can't live yeah, on you can't runners. i couldn't have lived on the money no i, I did my i couldn't no. but if you yeah in the same so, with any kind of intern job you kind of have to have a rich mum and dad to take care of you to support you for your first two years or year it or is, whatever. yeah it's a horrible side of the industry really it's yeah. So that is, and that is one of the real things. So, you know, we, we do have conversations at, at work about what we can do to try and diversify a little bit, but it is, it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so how did you get to New Zealand then? So, uh, it was a, I, it was a dare gone wrong, basically. <laughs> oh, great. Excellent. Um, I, I don't know about this dare. Did I ever tell you? No. That's the way I phrase it. It wasn't really. So I was ma massively stressed. So my father's Kiwi. So oh. again, on the subject of privilege, my father's Kiwi. So I had a passport so I could just walk. Clapper. Yeah. Yeah. I could just waltz in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Makes Clapper, sense of now. Of course. I could just waltz into this country without a, 
uh, a uh, visa or anything. All right. And Wait, so you've got a passport? Yeah, I'm a dual, dual citizen. Uh-huh. Yeah, All right. Brilliant. I don't know why that makes such a big difference to me, but it does. Oh. <laughs> you respect him more now, do you, yeah. Sarah? <laughs> it's, it's the British passport. Not so, oh, wait, the New Zealand passport, the British passport. New, the New Zealand, Zealand passport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the most <laughs> ridiculous thing. I never even had to fill in. A, my mother filled in a couple of forms and I filled in one form and they gave me a passport. And um, it was, yeah, it was real easy. And and it's so funny because there was nothing like quite everyone being like, oh, what's your visa status? And I'm like, yeah, citizen. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel blessed. Yeah. yeah I think was, was. we're the only poms in the place, aren't we? Oh, we've got another. We've got, Andrew Moore. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. That, yeah. Sorry, we can name him. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. um, so the... So I was having an incredibly stressful day in in Soho, as as you do, and in this facility that was just pretty badly run and pretty badly organized at the time. And I just remember being absolutely at my wits end, like half the staff was sick and I was running around the place and I was just, and it ended with some client screaming at me because they couldn't connect to the Wi-Fi. <laughs> and I remember standing there being like, the Wi-Fi is not my fucking problem. And I just thought to myself, no, fuck this, I can't be bothered. And so I quit my job and of course everybody, when you tell them, says, well, you can't quit your job unless you've got another one lined what up. What a diva. And so to get everyone off my back, I said, well, I'm thinking of moving to New Zealand. And so everyone's reaction was all like, that's an amazing idea. You have to do that. What a brilliant <laughs> idea. Oh, that, that's so exciting. And so after about a month, it suddenly started to occur to me that I was actually going to have to move to New Zealand. <laughs> so I did. I packed my little suitcase. I bought my plane ticket and got on a plane and got here and... and um, and like Dan, and it's you, sort all, of, you sort of fall in love with the country a little bit and then it's kind of fun and, you know, it's a lot lot less stressful and there's, it's it's warm three quarters so of the year. These 18 years are just to prove people right. Through, yeah. Through, yeah. I told you. <laughs> wow, yeah, I so got you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's how I came to New Zealand, yeah. Mm. But so, yeah, most of us ended up in this industry because we loved it and we slaved through our early 20s in it. Mm. And then once we'd gone through that, you're like, well, I guess I'm here now, you know. Not, yeah. I've caught through that nightmare. Some people really can't hack it because you do start off on really low pay and you, it's this real hierarchy thing. The runners mm. get treated. I, I was but treated I do, like, I, mean, I, actually, I had a good time, but some, some people just really oh, abuse yeah. their power, don't they? Yeah, but I'm I do just, miss the hierarchy here because there is a... So in the one of the massive differences between... The UK and New Zealand is, I mean, it's just still sort of, it's a bit better now, but certainly when I came here, it was very frustrating, which is there's sort of, you're given opportunities in New Zealand, which is is great in one respect. And in another respect, when you worked in Soho, you learned the nuts and bolts from the ground up and you were really well mm. versed in the technical aspects of the job. Mm -hmm. And when you come here, you'll get editors that walk straight out of film school and score a job or whatever and have absolutely no technical knowledge and will do the worst possible. Is that so in New Zealand? Yeah. It dropped I, in it. I found it really, really frustrating getting stuff from, or having to basically explain stuff to really basic mm. video stuff to people that really should have been taught that stuff at film school or something like that, or right. should have worked and learned these things. And it, it really frustrated me. It's a little bit better now. There are better paths now and there's a tiny bit more. Yeah. I think I'm lucky then because uh, the place where we work, not that I would slag it off ever, but everyone's pretty talented, aren't they? In my, oh, like, no, we've got, there's an yeah. extraordinary, the sound department is one of the, oh, wow. really one of the best sound departments in the, in the country. I've learned a lot from them all, you know, really, yeah. 
Um, and the vision is top notch, and and we're quite lucky because the turnover at our company is really low. So you get like if you work for yeah, the, for big visual effects houses, the turnover will be massive because mm. people burn out mm. or they're not they're not producing at the rate. It's a good they, sign, yeah. People at the rate that they should be. Whereas our company, like the vast majority of the people there, certainly in the more senior levels, have been there for incredibly long periods. Oh, and over, Dan, yeah. Hopefully, Dan, you know, is the same. They'll be there for a long time because. We, yeah, I think so. You know, you might not be paid extraordinarily well, but the the working conditions, the jobs that we work on, the sort of the sort of brotherhood that we have there is really, really yeah. fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah. that's part of it, the fact that you have um, all the different sort of elements in one place is probably part of that as well, the fact mm. that you feel like you've got a sense of camaraderie rather than yeah. feeling like you're always yeah. hounding like – Outside people, yeah, um, yeah. it's they, they, got a connection. There's to. been a really fascinating change in the last twenty years in the industry, which is that twenty years ago everything was large facilities, mm. uh, hugely expensive equipment, and of course the the you know the Moore's law has meant that the pretty pretty inexpensive computers now can have a pretty impressive grunt. On video processing power, and you know, you can you can buy a computer for Pro Tools. I mean, Pro Tools is slightly different because there's a fair amount of hardware involved. But you know, you can. But you, well, you if you're talking about doing stuff in your bedroom, doing con making content, you know, it's it is getting very competitive yeah, now. I mean, it's, it's different. People aren't stupid now. They're like, oh, why would we go to a post house when we could yeah. actually just do this bit of content ourselves so on the, our laptop? The, the number so of gotta, yeah. the number of large post facilities in in Auckland is a minuscule amount to the, compared to what it was when I arrived here. Really? And a lot yeah. of a lot have gone to really boutique -y places that we just do visual effects, we just do sound, we just do commercials mm. or something. Mm. And they produce amazing work. I won't deny that those guys produce extraordinary work. But they there is that sort of, you don't have a multi-discipline um, environment that mm. we might, that we're lucky enough to have, that mm. we're close to the sound guys, the colorists, the yeah. visual effects artists. Mm. So when did you two start hanging out outside of work then? Oh, how did we meet, Tristan? That's uh, uh, I was really, story. really fucking miffed because uh, this this guy turned up, and I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? There's another good-looking Englishman here? What the oh. hell? <laughs> this isn't fair. He I thought this was me. my role. Yeah, I, I he didn't even turn around to look at me when I was introduced to him. Oh, you, it was so in sorry. DMC, and um, the Digital Media Center for anyone, and. Uh, yeah, and somebody was like, oh, that's uh, Tristan, Dan Tristan, and he didn't even get off his chair. He, he did waved his hand, like, oh, sorry. He's wearing his suit, and I was like, oh, God. And this I, fucking <laughs> asshole. Yeah. No, I, I, I didn't, no. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, oh, dear, have I made an enemy already? <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we had a few convos, didn't we, in the mm. kitchen and stuff, but it wasn't till... You know, we, on a post, Tristan was going through some stuff and I was there and then we realized that um, we we got on really well and yeah. We, yeah, we're really sort of... We have good podcast energy, it turns out. Well, <laughs> let the, view, the well, good listeners podcast decide chemistry, that. Yeah, all right. But, but uh, yeah. No, it's like anything. Well, we, we, were, we obviously had shared, like we had a similar origin story. Yeah. Uh, like both sides working in Soho, both sort of did that running thing, had that experience, trampled the same streets, slightly different times. I think I'd, yeah, I think, I think I'd left before you even started. But, yeah, you had. Um, so we had that sort of shared history and, you know, 
as with anything, Brits are strangely drawn to each other. Yeah, I uh, think so. I think, yeah, our, our silly little sense of humor, but yeah. it's like, but Mike, I, I had a couch in, but well, I have a couch in my room and he, he sort of, I'm like his therapist. Oh yeah, right. Some days he'll be mine, it's, it's great. So work <laughs> no, aside. Unless our are, bosses are listening, in which case we're always working. <laughs> <comes in>. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, he definitely doesn't come in my room to vape. <laughs> twice a day <laughs> and we definitely don't talk about sex ever no never. no it's very it's um it's good it's having all, a all business a, a, a business real... pg no yeah it's he's like my that. work wife and yeah. um oh. yeah i'm i'm his <laughs> we buy avocados together sometimes <laughs> <laughs> he lent me his gym membership uh he crashes on my couch if he's missed the last ferry back to Waiheke. he yeah. literally lives opposite a ferry it's perfect Oh, uh, that, as in 10 second walk from the ferry so yeah great um so when good. you see your ferry leaving while you're running mm, to mm, it you're mm, like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so long as we never fight over a girl i think we'll, we'll yeah, be okay I think we'll right? be all right i yeah. think we'll be all right yeah you know you're, you have we have different types yeah so we'll be fine we'll be fine <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah no it's always it's you know it's like any kind of, and that's why i would i would i find this sort of move towards working from home as a result post COVID and everyone suddenly found it really convenient, absolutely terrifying because I, I don't know. I mean, there are days when you obviously you're like, I would love to just get up five minutes before work and then just slot my way to my desk. But, but I would absolutely miss sort of, uh, I mean, if you're not meeting people at work or talk to people at work, who the hell are you ever going to talk to? Mm. Yeah. yeah this is, it, it, you're with these people more than you're with anybody. Mm. And I, it's a scary fault, you know. I we we do we see these people every single day, all day, and it's. it's I feel blessed to you know have a, have a close friend who I, who I see every day. Yeah. Oh, ditto. Um, yeah. There you go. There's oh. there's two Englishmen <laughs> throat showing showing like being a bit yeah. awkward about having to show an emotion. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember getting a Snapchat from you, Dan. It must have been in level three. Um, oh dear. When you <laughs> You were sending a lot of pretty, pretty edge of the line Snapchats in level three. It was a, it was a lonely time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a lonely time. Nah, this it wasn't was, when we got McDonald's, was it? It was when we got McDonald's the other day. Oh, we talked to someone and neither of us had a car. I was trying to, to fatten him up. And we could only get McDonald's through drive through yeah. So someone was coming was to work exciting. with a car. So we were like, yeah. you need to pick us up McDonald's on the way. Oh, it was great. <laughs> oh, that was such a good McDonald's. And the thing Wasn't is you that? fall upon that. And we hadn't eaten McDonald's for like six, seven weeks. And you fall upon it. And then it was the most amazing for like the whatever mm. the first six mouthfuls. It was extraordinary. And then by the time you finish, you're like, because of course you ordered three of everything yeah and then by the time you finished you're like i went too far oh it's awful you're like caught up in the shower yeah. afterwards aren't you like right slap with lipstick on the wall oh the dirty dirty bastard <laughs> was, yeah no that's fun fun size but yeah he that was um yes that's cute. um but no it's it's uh we have fun should we do haiku yeah oh, dear, oh dear oh yeah well yes I mean, it feels, a, a, yeah. You mean Can't one that I haven't prepared? I mean, you prepared part of it. I did, but you guys are gonna have to help me out. Wait, okay. did you did you write I it should, down? I had a like, and, I, and I'm not just saying this. That I think about post production and Tristan. Well, you know, you'll back me up on this. It's so unpredictable. It's either it's never really cruisy. It's never like, oh, this is nice. It's inconsistent. Mm -hmm. It's either pretty quiet or you or you're getting slammed. 
And sadly, tonight was one of those nights I was getting slammed. And I was all excited about writing a haiku. Um, You don't need to make excuses. It's fine. Well, it's important I get my point across. You couldn't make the effort to... so I've got a platform to apologise. I've got a platform to apologise. That's fine. I can't do That's that on, at the best of times, really, can I? Um, I, have I two. wouldn't be able to pronounce half the words. Oh, you, you've got two. Well, that's... Well, can I have one? <laughs> no, both about you. You no. can't read me a haiku about you. Uh, okay, cool. So I will, I will do one and then Dan will... Oh, I wish there was a poet in the room who could help me out. I can help if you out. If only there were. Well, I asked you earlier. Right. I can, well, I can go you. to the. I can go to the... I'll do one and then I'll go to the... To other room. What, what other room? What other room? <laughs> what, why, why do I? Well, I don't want to be the only it's one fine. that's we'll been just, to the we'll toilet. Just and it on the, on and the then you can spitball it. Okay, so my first one is <clears throat> I call him Daniel. He insists that's not his name, yet I disagree. Very good. There you go. I like it. Yeah. I do a little bit of background. I, I get really annoyed when he calls me Daniel. Um, I don't know why. It's, it's, he no, refuses, no. he refuses to even acknowledge like my presence <laughs> if I call, I'm like, Daniel. And he's like, I don't know who you're talking well, to because there's no Daniel here. It's not his name. Yeah. It, it, no, it's, people get it wrong sometimes, and I just I do respond, but I don't know. I've, there's you something annoying about it. Yeah, my mind's malicious. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. It really hurts, and I will never respond to it. So, thanks oh for that. God, Where's your haiku, Tristan? Um, what you? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, Tristan, I'm going to ask Tristan some questions now. He's trying to get sneak out to okay. the toilet like it's not there. Okay. Okay, let's think this through, Dan. We've okay, got why was it Tristan. Away? Wears a suit. Mm-hmm. That's what we had. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to get the Barney Stinson thing in there somehow. Okay. I, I, he's he. So he he looks and acts a bit like Barney Stinson. Okay. Barney and his Stinson brother is called Barnaby, like. aka Barney Simpson. So his name's Barney Simpson, and Either. he's but he doesn't wear suits. Like Tristan. Bar- Tristan wears a, a suit. suit. Barney Stinson look alike. Yeah brother's name is actually <laughs> no okay no okay not that um i want it to be a bit more complimentary um he always looks tristan always look no tristan looks very looks tristan so looks slick. so suave suave Sla- suave nice okay. tristan looks so suave Running it, it down. Must, it must be his lovely suits. Yeah, yeah, good. It must be his lovely suits and his so looks shiny nice. boots. Oh, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but they're not meant to rhyme, are they? It doesn't haikus? matter. It doesn't matter. Um, must be his, what was it? Must be his. Uh, it must be his lovely suits. Lovely suits. Ep- epic suits? No. Ooh. Pretty suits. Lovely. He's lovely. Yeah. And I use a lovely too much. Oh, he's coming back. Oh, he's coming back. I can hear. Uh, We have spanked it since you were away. Yeah. We Mm -hmm. really. It was a collaboration. Yeah. I'm glad there is a. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad that there was a a poet here to help you out. Yeah. It's a collaboration. Yeah. Okay. Tristan looks so suave. It must be his. Oh, 
<laughs> Max, Max is calling. I'll just swipe up. <laughs> Sorry, that was. I, it, it, I just didn't. It might have been important, so. I'm going to put some context. Dan was reading off Sarah's phone and was confused by the notification. I think is yes, the yes. best Saw way my to My father was calling. Yeah. Oh, how is your father? <laughs> Listen to my haiku. <laughs> okay, <and> sorry. <laughs> Tristan looks so suave. It must be his lovely suits and his shiny boots. Oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> That's great. Can, I, we can I get that printed? Yeah, I'll get it on a tapestry for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll do my other one for Dan. Oh, I, love, oh, I get two. I feel terrible. Can I make it? Can you can you leave the room again? And we no. Can, no. <laughs> just all night. Just a battle. A haiku oh, battle. Fuck. Are there haiku battles in Auckland? That would be a good <laughs> night, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> all right, here I'm we go. Eight miles style. Just... <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's go. go. Looks like he belongs on some hidden sun-kissed beach, not a mixing room. I love mm. it. And it's true. It's true. I, I sometimes do miss the outside. It's what very, if you were outside? Yeah, the, whenever you're not inside. <laughs> one, one of the no, one of the he is. But that one of the worst things about post production is the endless dark rooms. Mm, vitamin like D a, deficiency. Yeah, I was a builder for six months when I when I was first in New Zealand, and I I loved being outdoors. If I could do my job, imagine the, do it being a sound engineer outside. That's it. That's the future. I mean, it was, it's completely you impossible. Build a bubble? Some kind of bubble, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, there, mm. there, there is the theory goes that most, I'm certainly talking about television mixes, feature film mixes probably a little <sighs> bit different, but most television mixes are approved by the producer listening on a pair of earpods. Mm. So, air, earpods? Yeah, earpods. Yeah, earpods? Because they're all, they're all the kind of people that own airpods. Mm. Yeah. But, um, uh, and so if, if it's going to be approved on a pair of AirPods, why not mix it on a pair of AirPods? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Well, we, we listen to a lot of our mixes through small shit speakers. It's a very important part of the job. You know that, right? Oh, you have to because you have to, in the same way yeah. that we have to look at the pictures Some, on a com consumer TV. On a crappy, to, yeah. yeah to know on your phone to, as well. Do you do yeah, that? Yeah, I know. I'm not going to do let's that. Let's face it. So much of our content, I mean, I, I watch Standards. Netflix on, on my phone these days on the ferry. So... And it, it is through, coming through my headphones, yeah. which, I mean, it good is, headphones, obviously. But it is amazing. Very, very good headphones. They are very, he does have very good headphones. She has the same. Yeah. She's got oh, the same same headphones. <laughs> but there is, there is, there, that is one of the most frustrating things is that, you know, you work on this grand scale of beautiful pictures yeah. and beautiful sound, and it will, from the moment it leaves you, it will never be seen mm. in yeah. that uh, quality mm. or in that environment, mm. it will never be seen in a room at the right brightness level. It will never be heard mm. on speakers um, with this right fidelity. Actually, we are moving a little bit in that direction. So in terms of HDR, there's this thing, Dolby Vision, which is one of the predominant HDR technologies, which is very much focused on trying to, as much as as much as possible, maintain um, the, the sort of intention of the director and the colorists and the cinematographers as mm. best to translate to the the monitor that it is being viewed on or the mm. television that it's being viewed on. And the same with Dolby Atmos as well. It's really an, an attempt to, uh, to to place sound in a sphere because obviously a mixing room is to a totally different dimensions to your home, your home theater or even your living room. Mm. And it's to ensure that the technology, the technology that is being displayed on or, or played on 
is sort of con aware of the environment that it is in and is trying to translate the mix as best it can for mm. the acoustics of the environment or for mm. the viewing environment, you know, for the the brightness of the screen or the pixel count or the yeah. the, 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 uh, the 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 amount of colors the 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 colors that the TV the screen can display. But mm. yes, it is very frustrating when everyone's like, yeah, I watched it on my iPad or I watched it on my phone. Yeah. I mean, I know that, you know, Christopher Nolan, if there's nothing Christopher Nolan loves most is people to watch all his films on a plane or, <laughs> or, on, their, or, on, their, or on their phone. That's, yeah. that's how he intended his stuff to be seen, yeah. Um, if you had advice for people going into your job, young people who are looking to get into your job, what would it be? And it could include, like, personal advice. Get enough vitamin D, for example. Yeah. Oh, the, the joke would be, oh, train as a lawyer. Like, you know, <laughs> get, get a real fucking job. No, <laughs> no, uh, because like Dan, like we said this, know, both, I, we both, yeah, we, we both really that. enjoy our work. We both really love the content that we work on. There's nothing worse than I could imagine being a lawyer. Uh, no, I'd love to be a lawyer, actually. To be an accountant. <laughs> yes. I think if you're money driven, it, it takes a while. Um, there's, there's a lot of opportunity, but if you, if you, if you want to be rich in your twenties, if you want to be minted, that it's not a profession for you. You need to be mm. patient. You need to love what you do. Um, but it is worth waiting for because, um, it, it really, it is fun. It's all, it's always, yes, there's a lot of pressure. Um, and, and you're working with a lot of egos sometimes, but you just have to put your work armor on and, you know, and, and just accept that there are different personality types and you, you need to, need to gel with everyone. But my advice would be, don't get knocked back early on. It's quite easy to. Oh, well, you'll get knocked back, but don't take it. Don't yeah, get back, don't, back yeah. on that horse. A lot, I've seen a lot of people drop, you know, people who, who, who were passionate about it, but they just couldn't handle, mm. you know, the, the, the high pressure. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think to get into, do you mean to, to actually get oh, in no, there in the first place? No, get in the foot like in the door. Enough, looking That's after right. yourself well, as yeah. well, you know, like. There's the thing like building resilience, for yeah, example, making on, yeah. sure that like, because I, I just think like what you were saying, staying inside all day, often if you're not, if you're not working in such a like cool collaborative environment, yeah, like it can get quite lonely, I imagine. Like, yes. Um, and also having like the frustration that possibly nobody's ever going to appreciate. The yes. Yeah. Do, understand that. Understand that. Like there yeah. must be, there must be certain things that you have to do to look after yourself. You know, yeah, really separating possibly personal life and work. Go, go live on Waiheke and surf, surf, get up every morning and swim yes, in the city. Do you know, yeah, there's a lot to be boat. said about yeah. that. I think I, I would, I wonder if it would be a different story if I was living in the city. I often, it, I often think about moving to the city, but I think it's hugely important to look after your, you know, your, um, your mental health and your your physical health. I mean, uh, mm. you know, that's we we're sitting down for hours and hours, and sometimes you you work a lot of weekends as well, you know. But we both take fitness quite seriously, and we both love the sunshine. Both you know got our crow's feet popping out. <laughs> 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 Terrible um, so I think it's about getting the work life balance because it mm. can swallow you. It can you can get obsessed, and you can you, with sometimes you you can work silly hours. Mm. Um, but you got to keep your work-life balance. Mm. Um, Do you have something to add? Yeah, so my one is, and is what I tell it, all of the sort of interns or the work experience kids that come through, which is that you'll get into this industry because you want to do something creative and, and there are, you know, there are great opportunities to, to be creative, but always remember that you're working in a business 
Uh, and it, essentially there is a, a profit. There is, you know, there is a, there is a, you're here to make money and to mm. generate revenue. Mm. Um, so never underestimate that and always, and always remember that um, creativity is nothing without technical knowledge. So Ooh. don't ever underestimate the importance of boosting your technical knowledge. It's not sexy, it's not exciting, but it is essential. Mm. Um, and no one, you won't get taken seriously mm. if you can't handle the basics of sort of the operation of the software. It's having a full toolkit. Yeah, yeah, precisely. And and you'll, a photographer would say this, an mm. artist would say this, 100%. which is that you know you can ponce around with your you know your SLR, but if you don't know how to expose or get in the darkroom and print that stuff, mm. you know, yeah. it's yeah. meaningless, right? Hard. Cool. Yeah, great. That's, yeah. Thanks, Good guys. Advice. Thank you for coming in and chatting. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. It was fun. I thought we'd have 15 minutes of content at most. So Yeah. I thought we'd just start having a bit of an argument or something. Not talking. I thought I'd tell stories about Dan's love life. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. That's a story for another day. That's a podcast of its own. Yeah. Yeah. What would that be called? A whole podcast. Dan's love life. <laughs> You're the third wheel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. to think of uh, oh. Thank you very much for having us, Sarah. We thoroughly enjoyed it. Really enjoyed Can it. I do an ad read now for Blue Apron or what? Are, wait, this is a... <laughs> yeah, I'm actually here promoting my book. No, Can we it? talk about that? It's <laughs> Blue Apron. It's the, there, so it's probably less so. There was a period where all American podcasts used to have an ad for oh. Blue Apron. What is it now that they all do? Oh, uh, Squarespace. Can Squarespace. I do an ad, ad read for Squarespace? <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. You'd actually have a great voice for it. <laughs>